Hey, listen to Commander Cookout Podcast, episode 226. I'm Brando. I'm here with Ryan, and we're going to kick off our call time set review by talking about some legendary creatures. Now, hit our theme song! Hey, Ryan. We're back for yet another whirlwind adventure. How you doing? Good. What is going down? Whole ton is going down. We're going to start off our call time set review talking about some legendary creatures. That means new commanders, new decks, new kinds of fun. We're going to give everybody an interesting mythological super fake history lesson. We've got some stories to tell, some people to thank. But before we get to any of that, we have to thank our official business daddies, FusionGamingOnline.com, your source for all your gaming needs. Very much so, including your call time needs, including your call time... What do we call them on the pre-show? The the call time commander pre-cons? Yes. Yes, we are going to have a little bit of a review on those on YouTube. We're filming today along with a new type of YouTube segment that we're, we're excited about and we've been kind of thinking about for a long time that we think is going to be fun, interesting, entertaining. Those are all kind of at the forefront of our minds whenever we decide to do Literally anything. Anything CCO related. Yeah, that's right. Don't forget, before we get too far off of Fusion, you can go there and use CCO Fusion 5. It's for, down here. Yeah, it's 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 either here or it's like all over our face. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. We ch- recently changed our angle so you can get the uh, the super sweet Instagram look at, uh, not that we're on Instagram, but yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're trying to be Instagram models. So. Yeah, and we're also an audio podcast first and foremost. So if you're not watching us on YouTube right now, which you should be because <laughs> the should. content's getting way gooder now that we have a, a professional editor. Just, yeah, we can't speak way for, gooder, but. Yeah, we're. <laughs> We're still us. We should get something from behind us. The space in between. Oh is yeah, yeah. Me off. A couple things. Couple things. CCO Fusion Five, five percent off your order. There, there. Mm-hmm. We got there. Got there. Big thanks to Joe. Joe. He, he makes us look yeah. fine, like seven out of ten. Yeah, as good as we can look. <laughs> yeah. For behind us, I have so many magic prints and posters and things that I've never really asked because i don't want you to have to ask hey is it okay if we hang some stuff for our podcast in the studio right but if we can do that man we can decorate the shit out of this place we can get one of those like you know those hooks that you just put on the wall and they they stick like a command hook yeah and then you just take them off we just get those we could do that and some of those like suction cup hooks oh i was yeah i was gonna say would we have to like could we leave the hook there leave the hook there all the time i'll bet you we could and nobody would notice we could pretend we could hang we could hang like two of them and pretend that they're coat hooks. Oh, oh. then you're doing the office of fucking service, oh. dude. We could just put coat hooks in. Oh, there it is. There it is. Oh, <laughs> we figured it out. We cracked the code. Well, then I would have to bring a screwdriver and finally fix the shelf outside the door. Get me on fucking radio p- yeah, payroll, the, man. Exactly. <laughs> the maintenance guy. <laughs> we don't have a maintenance guy currently. Yeah, well, and them dystopian COVID times, eh? <laughs> Probably had to shit can him. We, yeah. Yeah. He was the traffic and, and like, not engineer, but, like, the kind of fix-it guy. Like, if you had a burned-out light bulb or a... Yeah. Like, you needed a new keyboard put in or something. We had this dude that was kind of do all of that kind of stuff. Yes. And then they just had to let him go. Because, oh. like... <laughs> He, like, traffic was going away and some of the stuff was going. So he was like, you know what? Like traffic, than, was he like the traffic reporter guy? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And rather than like, he didn't want to just have one of those make work jobs. Uh, so he, he, he went off. He, uh, I think he sells cars now. 
oh, well, he moved out of the traffic world into the traffic world. Yeah. Well, he must was have been a good fit. He was one of those dudes that was like a huge fan of, of Honda in general. Mm -hmm. It was like his, his thing. And now he sells Hondas. And he super likes it. And he's a, he's a happy dude. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yes. Speaking of happy dudes. Oh, that's us. Well, it, sort of. Speaking oh. of happy dudes and people who help us keep our lights on. Oh, fucking oh, there's a segue. There it is. We've got a couple couple patron thank yous, FUs more than anything, that mm -hmm. we have to that we have to clear the air on because we actually forgot one last week. <laughs> like, uh, you know, we never forget any. I've never forgotten thing. anything in my life, Ryan, and you more than anyone should know that. Very much so. Yeah, watch the pre-show from yesterday. <laughs> We've got a couple patrons, and of course, patreon.com slash podcast, where you go to become part of the nation officially. You get the Discord benefits. You get the preferred deck list, and, and you get the show. This is an important one. We don't really mention this. You get the show on the Patreon feed, usually the day before, or the, the evening before the show proper launches. Ooh. And it's it's a good way to see if you were right on the Commander guessing game from the pre-show. Good call. Yeah, there it is. So that's a benefit, as is the nicknames. First of all, we've got an increased pledge. This is Cohen Mommersteeg. This is like Mommy 2.0, Hyper Mom. Yes. Yes. Big F you and thank yeah, you. F you, bud. Yeah, mostly F you. Mm -hmm. He called us out because we forgot it last week. He's like, hey, asshole, where's my shout out? And I oh, was like, I see yeah, how it, F you. I see how it is. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> we'll get him later. Mm-hmm. Second shout out, and this is a cool last name, and I, I hope it's a real last name because this is John Highland. Like Highlander? That's fucking like, near Highlander. Like there can only be one? Or, or like literally the format that we've talked about for nearly four years. <laughs> <laughs> Headless Highland. Headless John. Oh, oh yeah. yeah that's a fucking cool one. We went around on the carousel, but we got there. Yeah, we it. could. You know what's even better? I was thinking that sounds like a good pirate name. How could we make it more piratey? Legless John? No. Headless John. Johnless John. <laughs> oh, yeah. Johnless John. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Worst. Big thank you, of course. Big F you. Welcome to the nation. It's good to have you. Thank you to all the patrons. Thanks to all the new subs. Yep, thanks for being here. We appreciate you. Very much so. And we've got some new YouTube stuff we're filming just after this. Actually, i got to go to the post office first. But then we've got some that new segment. Yeah. We're going to have some open flippy with call time stuff when it comes out. Yeah, that'll be later. Yeah, very much so. And oh, you know what? You know what I've been planning, and I really enjoyed with Commander Legends. I'm going to do it again, and you're welcome to come if you want. Is just like opening product on Zoom or whatever. I it, suppose I could pick up some extra product. Well, you twist my arm, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I so, pre-ordered my shit. Oh yeah, I did. I sold some more of my grit. I pre-ordered some stuff. Ooh, Watsy. Oh baby, it better oh. be good. It better oh. be good. It better be good, or it's gonna be good. <laughs> Actually, real quick pop date because I don't want to keep hammering on it. Yeah. But some members of the nation have been in contact with me over quality control issues that they have experienced. Oh yeah, I seen an email. Seen an email about this shit. And while Watsy did tell me to go f myself, there have been a few members in the nation who have gotten through to the customer service, wing it, wizards, and they said, "Hey, send us your shitty faded foil cards. Yep. And we'll replace them." That's a good idea. So if, Maybe, so if you're sitting there, if you're on the fence, get a hold of them because it, it's happened for at least three people out in the nation where they just say, yo, send us your shitty cards. We'll send you new ones. Yep. Not, not pro. And they said, like, include shipping so we can ship it back to you. We'll give you sealed product to make up 
yeah. for that. So you're going to get some sealed stuff. You'll get your your cards back. And I've heard this from a few people. So if you've been thinking about doing it, do it. Because while some people have still remained hosed, there is a possibility that you could get more quality product. So, yeah, that's, so don't sit on it. That's actually good news. Look at how low I am again. Shit. <laughs> that's actually good news. And I read one of the emails that you were talking about at least, and it was... It was a little bit long, but more than that, it was very articulate in that it was specific with how they were disappointed in mm-hmm. terms of product quality, the curl, the fades, the 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 ink marks, whatever it was. They were specific with what was not acceptable and and provided some potential solution, right? And that's what we hammered on last time is don't mm-hmm. just hammer provide a solution. I'm willing to send you my cards back. Can you send me some in return? And that way you can have these back, Watsy, to witness or see, holding your hand, to see firsthand what is so bad about them. Oh, sure. Well, you send you some shit. Yeah, for sure. For, just send it to us so we can verify that you're not just yanking our chain and going to send us, like, basic lands from fucking Kaldheim <laughs> or, or whatever set. Yeah. And and we'll give you some new stuff. So that's good news. Yeah. I think that's encouraging that they're, they're looking at it and there is a sort of process that isn't just scream into the abyss that is the internet. Yes. Because that is usually, usually yeah. not helpful. For Correct. Sonic the Hedgehog movie, it was helpful. For Commander Legends, not so much. Not as much. But hey, at least you can maybe get your faded Sol Ring turned into a not faded Sol Ring, and I'm totally down for that. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, so cool. 100%. Zoom, we're opening. Right. Like the last time we did it, it started as open flippy with like me and Ginger Joe, and then it turned (laughs) into like five or six, and I think eventually there was like nine of us that were all just like... Zooming. Zooming. And it turned into super packs and like betting that we, not betting, but like, I bet you I can pull a better card. Everybody had to drink. <laughs> there was like a jeweled lotus that got open. Oh. Everybody drank. Oh, shit. Yeah. I'd, be, I'd be in for that yeah, all day long. Yeah, it was fun as fuck, man. It was yeah. fun. And that, that was just going on to the Discord, meeting up with the patrons and saying, hey, we're doing this. Like, who's in? And everybody just piled in. And it was a ton of fun. Yeah, I'm totally down for that. Okay, Maybe sweet. you'll let me know that it's happening this time. It was pretty spur of the moment last time. <laughs> uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, so should we look at some <laughs> Should we look at some call time cards? <laughs> Let's do it, man. Sweet. Okay, so you had mentioned, I think on the pre-show and today, you were talking to a professor who studies Norse, Mythology? Yeah, a PhD in Norse mythology. I didn't know that existed like either. Like specifically Norse mythology or just like mythology? Uh, specifically like Norse history, what it, Scandinavian history. Okay, yeah, and that he, sounds like a PhD right there. And he had a a rounded knowledge of Norse mythology. Like he knew I would all imagine. the things. He had all these names and words that I can't fucking repeat to you. Yep. I took notes. There you go. And uh, they're here. Most of it I memorized, believe it or not. Yep. But I had to bring my notes along because some of the names are just... Oh, yeah, they're out they're, there. There are names with no goddamn vowels in them. Yeah, that's a thing. It's like, what the fuck? This isn't <laughs> Zindersplit and... Okum? Flinderflap or whatever the hell that other little homunculus' uh, asshole name is. Like, what in the shit? Different language, different times, different... Oh. I guess, like, different... What, what what is it called? Anglo-Saxon I was think what so. like originally like Beowulf and stuff was written in, and oh. that's kind of the time period that we're talking about. Or are we going back further in time? These are the back further in time. The 
the humans that existed or exist now, I guess, I think technically exist after the end of the world, which is Ragnarok. Oh. And then that was a thing. But, of course, then there's also the thing where, like, when they were making up the stories, all that was happening. So since these stories were, like, carved into old pots and rocks and shit, yeah. Ragnarok happened and now we exist. As, as far as my professor buddy explained it to me. Okay. okay. So crazy, but... We're going to at least relate some of these cards back to some of the figures that they may or may not have been based on. Okay, now, preface some of this. This is our call time Legendary Creech and Planeswalker review. Yes. Brando's got notes on real-life mythology figures that some of these legendary magic cards represent, whether it be like a one-for-one analog or just loosely based on. Yes. I imagine. I don't know if we're going to review every single legendary creature today, and we would be off point to to think that CCO is the only review show that you're going to listen to. So you're going to get it 18 different ways, and we're going to give you something different to listen to, hopefully. Indeed. Finally, Brando and I aren't the most up-to-date on Kaldheim story. I've heard some mm. synopses. Like some story summaries of what's happening, what it's about, what the world tree is. It connects different, like different worlds and stuff. Like I don't know. We are not loring magic loring today. Yeah, we are looking at Norse mythology and how it relates to legendary creatures. For, for the record, the world tree does connect the nine realms of Norse mythology, and that's I think how call time works. And you can travel like down different branches of the world tree to get to different places in call time. Yeah. I, I I don't know if that's accurate or not. That's sort of how it works. I guess like at CCO podcast, at CCO Brando on Twitter, if if you want to chime in on how some of this works. Yeah. You and know what lived at the top of the world tree in Norse mythology? What is it? A chicken. No way. Yeah. Just, why not? Sure. Yeah. Is there... Is there a card for that? <laughs> no, there isn't. And that surprises the shit out of me. There is not a, just a legendary chicken that just lives at the top of the tree. Well, let's find out who we do have. Who's the first guy, girl, thing, god on your notes? On my notes is Tyr, who is both kind of a god of battle and justice in North myth- Norse mythology, who handily may or may not relate back to Halvar, god of battle, who is the first one alphabetically. Oh, titties. On the thing, right? Now, we're not sure. Me and my... This is the first one that we looked at when we were drinking beer. And also the first one that we couldn't figure out. Because Tyr's a god that has... He had his hand bitten off by a wolf that we're going to talk about later. He was a god of battle. He had a sword. He gets fucking killed in Ragnarok like everybody else does. But looking at this picture, this guy still has his sword. Tyr loses his. This also might be Heimdall, god of the Rainbow Bridge. Oh. So he could be either one of those two guys, but Halivar, God of Battle, the card, is a 4-4 for white, white, two. Creatures you control that are enchanted or equipped have double strike, and at the beginning of each combat, you may attach target aura or equipment attached to a creature you control to target creature you control. And this happens to be a modal double-faced card for the first time, of which we do have non-lands on the back, and this is... Sword of the Realms, which is a legendary equipment for white one. Equipped creature gets plus two, plus zero, and vidge. Whenever equipped creature dies, return it to its owner's hand. Oh, whenever equipped creature dies, return it to its owner's hand. So if you had something that, like, you could just 
like just equip and then sacrifice and you get it back and you can make loops with this. This is a combo card in your command zone. And yes, you can cast the sword side, the back side from your command zone. And yes, you have to pay the command tax for it. Also, if you like cascade into one of these guys, you can cast the backside. Whoa. We're going to talk about that a little later when we get to one of the other cards. But. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not sure I'm a huge fan of that cascade ruling, but I am a fan of having options out of your command zone. It, it, it's it's sort of like it's sort of like companion where it's like this is my commander, but this time it's going to be like my companion. It, bad example with this because it's a sword. Yeah. But, like, we see creatures on the backs of some of these gods that are double-faced. Let's keep going. Sure. So we have Ray Dane, God of the Worthy. This is probably pointing at a Valkyrie. There's so many goddamn Valkyries in those are, Norse myth. In, in Kaldheim, those are angels. Yes. Okay. They're, they're the choosers of the slain. When you die in battle, a Valkyrie will come and either take you to Valhalla, where you can be on Odin's army, yes. or if there's a, there's another god named Freya, if she picks you, and this is awesome, because you don't want to be an Einheriar, which is the warriors chosen by Odin, because one, as soon as Odin chooses you, he immediately <laughs> finds a way to make you fucking die, no. which, then you're in his army, right? And then you can help fight, him, yep. fight for him. But then, of course, you're going to die during Ragnarok, and you've spent your whole afterlife fighting and preparing for war. Whereas Freya, when you get picked by her, you basically go and get drunk and have sex for your entire afterlife, and then you get killed in Ragnarok. <clears throat> well, uh... Right? Can I pick? No, they pick. Oh. They pick for you. How do I make it... How do I help them decide? You have to be the very best. At like, what? no fighting one ever wants drinking? Both. <laughs> you have to be the best drinker, the best at doing it, and you have to be the best at fighting. And then, you get, then Frey the, will pick you. I'm the best at at least one of those things. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? I guess it depends on, well, I guess, who you're asking. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Rhea Donne, God of Worthy, good card, is a 2-3 for white, 2, flying vigilance, snow lands, your opponent's control into the battlefield tapped, finally some snow hate, and non-creature spells your opponent casts with converted mana cost 4 or greater, cost 2 more. Yeah, this is a good card. There was a lot of discussion on the CCO Discord about like how much snow hate is appropriate versus like how much we're actually going to see, how much does it matter. Uh, maybe on the review proper next week, we'll talk about some of our thoughts surrounding the snow mechanic and its reintroduction in call time. Let's read the back of this of this card, I guess. Valkmira Protector's Shield. Wow. Legendary artifact for white three. If a source an opponent controls would deal damage to you or a permanent you control, prevent one of that damage. Whenever you or another permanent you control becomes the target of a spell or ability and opponent controls counter that spell or ability unless its controller pays one. This is going straight into Pramacon Partitioners instead <laughs> of Witchbane Orb. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's, it's a stacks card, I think. It's a control. Uh, not, yeah, not stacks, sort of. It's, it's a control card. It's a control card. It gets white that advantage. It helps it keep up. It's a good card. Yeah, it makes your stuff harder to kill. The snow comes into play. Tapped thing might be relevant for a while, like extra enchantment hate was relevant post-Theros for a while. Lots of people playing snow basics now just because. Yeah. So We'll talk about it next week. You're going to get some people with this. Is she a good commander or I, is she just a good card? I think she's a better card for her back ability in like pillow fort, control decks, or maybe, maybe prison decks. 
into it. Now, this next one is a human warrior. Anytime we get to a human, it's probably an Einherjar chosen by Odin. These guys don't matter, and they're probably not really based on anybody. Because there weren't a whole lot of named human heroes that were of consequence. Oh, yeah? Yeah, there, there's lots of them that are named and stuff, but it's not like a Heracles and an Achilles and all these other oh, guys. Oh, yeah, I get you. There's there's not many of them. This okay. is Sigrid, the god-favored. She's a 2-2 for white, white, one with Flash. First strike, pro-gods. When Sigrid, god-favors, enters the battlefield, exile up to one target attacking or blocking creature until she leaves the battlefield. So she's an O-ring. She's an O-ring with Flash for three. That's a 2-2 two, two that can block gods. I think that's going to be relevant because god tribal is legitimately turning into a deck. We've got all kinds of gods from previous sets, and this set pushes god tribal to uh, maybe the max, maybe. I think it's There's a lot of god support in this outside of actual more god creature typed cards. It's going to push it into people who are going to build it and then they're going to realize that it's not very good and then they're going to deconstruct it. Well, I think I it think. might I think it might be getting good. It, it's getting good, but it's not good yet. You don't think so? I don't think so. You know what you know what you know what it's like, oh, cats are like just as an example. Cats is no good cuz there's no good cats even though there's like like 200 cats in magic, let's say. Right? Right or or Pick your tribe like that. Giants are no good because there's no good giants, even though there's 500 giants that have ever been printed. They're all fucking hill giants, right? Right. Gods is different. There's maybe 50 gods, but every single one is just a fucking banger because yeah. they're all like mythics and like storied characters and legendary creatures, which matters for certain tutors, right? Yeah. So every god in your tribal god deck, every creature is good. Yeah. Right? So I don't know. This Sig Sigrid? Sigrid. Sigrid is like, okay, fine. Which Let's is... move on to the blue ones. We've got another god double face card. Sorry, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> this is Alrond, god of the cosmos, or king of the gods, Odin. This is Odin, and this guy looks like he even has one eye, like Odin does, right? He only has one eye. He has two ravens, one of which is on the front of the card, one of which is on the back of the card. Those are different ravens? Well, we're going to assume so, because he does have two. Oh, like Odin does, or yeah, this o guy does? Odin has two ravens. Okay. So, and they fly all around the realms, bringing him news and stuff. Odin's one of the the tragic figures. Of did Tolkien mythology. borrow some of that from from for his ravens? Hundred percent. You think? Hundred percent. Maybe did. maybe some Eng English historian or or um, English mythology people can let us know. You can trace lots of stuff back to stories like this because they're like the first kind of epic heroic tales, right? So if you Yeah. You know what a lot of a lot of a lot of Tolkien's um language or linguistics. He was a linguist yep. linguist professor. Lots of his elvish languages were based on uh, Anglo-Saxon, right? Yeah. Anyway, especially for like the 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 Rohirrim or whatever, right? Okay. Yeah. Let's let's what's this Odin guy do? Odin is the king of the gods, and he's, he has foresight, right? That's why they gouged his eyeball out. He exchanged part of his regular sight for the ability to see into the future. Oh, never knew that. And the ravens bring him news from Fuck, all around. that's like getting drunk today. We're borrowing happiness from tomorrow. Right? Yeah, okay. And he's super cursed because he knows the end of the world is coming, and he's always doing everything he can to stop it, and he always fails. Oh, it doesn't sound very g good. Yeah. Like he's, he's kind of bad at stopping it. Is this card good? Give it a read. Alrond, God of the Cosmos, is a 1-1 for blue-blue 3. Ah. So, so far, no, it's not good. It's God. Alrond gets plus 1, plus 1 for each card in your hand and each foretold card you own in exile. Ooh. Of, of which there's like 20-some foretold cards that like actually have foretold on them. 
like the ability, which we'll cover next week. Mm. But j- just quickly, you can ca- you can exile it face down for two. It's kind of like morph, but for anything. And then you can cast it later on a different turn specifically for its foretell cost. I think it's a cool ability. I think so too. I hope that they don't make it evergreen or whatever, right? But I yeah. hope we see more of it. So cards like this and cards like the the one of the precons that we're going to review on YouTube to make that deck better because there's like a very limited number of them and some of them are like not very good agreed the rest of the cards is at the beginning of your end step choose a card type then reveal the top two cards of your library put all cards of the chosen type into your hand the rest on the bottom in any order sure so that's all right and then we his other raven on the other side is hack a whispering raven it is a two three flyer for blue one Whenever Hack a Whispering Raven deals combat damage to a player, return it to its owner's hand, then scry two. So I think I like this one in EDH because you can play it for two as its crappy bird half, and then you can get in for damage and bounce it back to your hand and then play it as its better god half Yeah. later on. Because some of these other guys, like if you play the Halvar as a sword, you, you don't have access to his other side unless somebody blows the sword up. That's actually, that's a good take. I like that. So that's... That's cool. So Odin, kind of not very good at being a god, really good at being a card. Okay. Okay, next we got Kasima, God of the Voyage. This is a 2-4 god for blue 2. At the beginning of your upkeep, you may exile Kasima. Kasima? Kasima? Whatever. Whatever. If you do, it gains whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control. If Kasima is exiled, you may put a voyage counter on it. And if you don't... Return Kasima to the battlefield with X plus one counters on it and draw X cards where X is the number of voyage counters. Ooh. That is a good-ass ability with stuff like, ma- uh, what is it, Mana Bond? Whoa. The end of, end of turn, you put all lands from your hand onto the battlefield. And, and discard your hand. And discard your hand. So, like, you get all those landfall triggers in my lands deck, for example, and you just, like, have her exiled and you just put counter, 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 the last trigger you choose not to put her onto the battlefield and you draw all those cards yeah this is a cool card this is a cool card but wait there's more the back of it is a vehicle yeah (laughs) fucking vehicles are back they're boats it's so fucking cool (laughs) okay so this is a three three it crews for one it costs two mana three three for two but you got to tap a dude okay whenever a vehicle you control deals combat damage to a player that player exiles that many cards from the top of their library, and you can play lands from among the cards that are in exile. Sick. Oh, baby. Straight into Calamax, because it only plays like 32 lands. <laughs> I need yours. <laughs> Calamax vehicle's got a new card. That is cool. And you can see how the vehicle and the god really want to be on play at the same time. Mm-hmm. But That's the juxtaposition. Yeah. That's the, that's the gods taking human form. That's a Norse thing, isn't it? I believe so, yeah. yeah, there it yeah. Is. So that's the thing. I'm not sure which god that actually is. We it's couldn't. It's the fucking god of yeah, boats. It's, it's the god of boats. It's fine. Now the we're gonna skip over. I think anger rune eyes. Scry three, draw three, creature dies type stuff, right? Whatever. Okay. Now, not very often do we get to say that there's a air quotes strict upgrade yeah. or a just better version of a card that is one of our commanders yeah that but just I, doesn't happen very I, often it's, I, it's a little tough to swallow won't lie won't I, lie i think we've actually come across it maybe in orvar the all form this is a 3-3 three, three for blue 3 shapeshifter it's got changeling which means it's every creature type so thus far it is exactly mistform ultimus yes why is it better though you might ask well 
Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery, if it targets one or more other permanents that we control, create a token that's a copy of one of those permanents. Oh, oh baby. But wait, there's fucking more. There's even more? Whenever a spell or an ability an opponent controls causes you to discard a card, create a token that's a copy of target permanent. This card. If you discard this, you make a copy of target permanent. Oh. If... Cause you discard this card. Oh yeah, you're right. Okay, so that's relevant, like in call time limited or whatever. Yeah, you get it. Sure. But holy, like, damn it! That's a cool one. I think I might have to upgrade Mistform Ultimus to this, and then change up some of the removal. It kind of sucks that it is a strict upgrade. I don't. I don't necessarily like when they do that. What do you think, Ryan? You're, you're the one that plays Mistform Ultimus. How do you feel about them just printing something that's 100% virtually irrefutably just better? than a deck that you play lots and yep. you love. Yeah, you know what? It's still the same deck, even if I change nothing. It's still the same deck. The commander is better, so if I switch it out, it does make the deck better, which is good. I don't think it makes it so much better that it's like I'm moving it from a four power level to an eight, or Truth. even a four to a five. Right. But this does allow for a different experience for me, and it does allow me to switch up some of the removal to something that synergizes with the commander more that is like honestly a lot more janky which i think is fun interesting and makes the deck even more unique so while i don't always favor like strict upgrades like hey moving this thing from a three cost to a two cost so it can be played in fucking commander legacy right but in this exact instance i'm a fan of this card cool how about Egon, God of Death? An oh. Another one that technically doesn't... We couldn't find an analog. Because There's no God of Death? Well, there is a God of Death, but she runs the Underworld and is represented on a different card. And there isn't a boatman in North Myth, like a Sharon or a, oh, like yeah. a judge, like the guy in Inferno. I can't think of his name right now. The guy that judges which circle of hell you go to? Yeah, the, the, that kind of isn't a thing. And the Valkyries are the ones that pick the slain, but they're all ladies as far as I know. So I'm not really sure who Egon is. Ah, well, you besides know, besides the God of Death. Yeah, he's a six six for three. Fuck, oh, that seems pretty Jesus. good. And if, <laughs> let me just have say, death touch. Of course, he has death touch. Yeah, that's a weird hill to die on. Duh. At the beginning of your upkeep, exile two cards from your yard. If you can't, you sacrifice Egon and draw a card. At the very worst, you get in a hit and you fucking draw a card. Sure. Sure. Flip side, the flip flop is Throne of Death. That's oh. a fucking metal name right there. Oh, that, man. That is a metal band from fucking Kaldheim. Throne of Death is a black legendary artifact. At the beginning of your upkeep, mill a card. Sure. So, again, the, the front side works with the back side. So, they're, they're genius design because in 60 and 4 formats like standard or whatever, if you draw two of them, you put the front side down once, you put the back side down once, probably, and then you you don't have a dead legend in your hand, and you still get to run four of them Into to it. maximize, like, draw capability. Anyways, black two tap, exile a creature card from your graveyard, draw a card. That's kind of draw two every turn. Yeah, that's. I think that's neat. That's yeah. a cool card. It's kind of like a uh, like a Phyrexian arena yeah. sort of. You know what? Like, the front half is like, hey, that's kind of fine, but I'm not super scared of a 6-6 six, six that is... Maybe temporary, especially if I got Bajuka Bog or Scavenger Grounds, right? Mm. And the backside is like, oh, they got to pay three mana to draw a card. Like, I don't know. 
That's that's she could fine. Be, she could be Broomhild. Maybe this is maybe Egon is a lady's name in Norse myth, and that's Broomhild, who is the Valkyrie that got turned into a human oh, yeah. because she refused to give one of the guys to one of the Unharia to Odin. Odin was like, "Go fucking kill that guy," and then she did. And then she's like, "Okay, now send him up here." And she's like, "Nah, I'm I'm keeping this one. I like this guy. He's a good cook, cook or something." So they turned her into a human, and maybe that's why she's like. She's got to feast on souls and live on the earth, and she kind of looks all bitter and shit. Oh, maybe. maybe. I don't know. But there's another partial history lesson. Let's move to the next card. Turgrid, God of Fright. Now, people are people are jonesing on this one a little bit, right? I like her. She, I think I'm going to switch my my ghoul caller Gisa to this lady instead. Oh, that's a big switch. Okay, this is a 4-5 God for Black Black 3 Menace. W- what does that do again? <laughs> It can only be blocked by two or more creatures. Okay. Yeah, very much so. Whenever an opponent sacrifices a non-token permanent or discards a card, a permanent card, you may put that card onto the battlefield under your control. <laughs> yeah, you just get it. And this is a, another like Tiny Bones type card that encourages like every player discard control dot deck. Yeah. Which is not a very fun one to play against. So you got like two camps of people. The people that are like, fuck that, I don't want to play against like the control, nobody gets to play type card. And, oh man, I'm so fucking happy I get to play discarding commander and just stop people from playing magic. Uh. There's, there's like two groups, right? And like, yeah. I, I I say it like that, like I'm part of one group and not the other. And it's like, I'm just so docile. It's just like, I don't know, fuck, play it if you want. Don't play it if you want. Like... You can be my friend if you want. If you don't, fuck you. <laughs> this card's coming out at a weird time, and we're going to talk about this maybe in another piece of content, but these are hard ones to play in VDH. Yep. Because you're going to be chucking, like, what do you, how, you got to represent that somehow. It's a lot of work. Good but, pre- good preview there, too. The backside, give it a read. Backside is Tegrid's Lantern. It is an artifact for Black 3. It has tap. Target player loses 3 life unless they sack a non-land permanent or discard a card. And... Black four, untap the lantern. Yeah, this is an infinite mana outlet that lets you win the game in your command zone. That Ooh. that's why that's the other reason that this card is got people jonesing, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, now is a good time to just give the 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 three second yes or no answer. Do you think that this card, this set, is super duper commander focused? Given that we've already seen two, like I don't want to say broken, but Cards that are breakable out of the command zone right away. Like, that doesn't seem like they they built this with necessarily commander in mind. Because infinite man is super easy, super common, super well-known. And then they just like, here, make infinite mana win the game out of your command zone. Do, do you think? You want the quick yes or no answer? Uh, is the, the set quick, designed for commander? Like, as much as last year's stuff. Do you think? Yes. Yes? 100%. Okay. Let's keep going. Okay. This card that we just talked about, Goddess of the Underworld. Okay? Sure. Based on Hell, who is a daughter of Loki. She is a beautiful woman who's also a corpse. Oh, yeah? Like Corpse Bride? No, like a dead body. Oh. Okay. Now, we're going to talk about Valky, God of Did Lies. Did I just make a movie reference that you didn't get? Say it again? Corpse Bride? That's a movie? Oh, yeah. I jump right over that. Those. I don't, I, I'm okay. not into Corpse Bride. I don't I don't actually like The Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, really? Yeah. It's, it's, it wasn't my thing. I. You know what? I like Nightmare. I don't like Corpse Bride as much. It's, it's, it just weren't for me. The imagery is cool. And yep, there's yep. stuff I like. like. Oogie Boogie is awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just not into it. Oh. You know what I am into? 
The story I'm about to tell you, Ryan. This fucking Corpse Bride that's not actually Corpse Bride, it's a fucking dude. <laughs> this is a story that I will never forget okay. as long as I live. Because Valky, God of Lies, is Loki. Yes. Okay? Definitely Loki. Now, Loki is not actually a god. He's a he's a tr- he's a giant slash troll. Oh, yeah? Who somehow... And this got- is contrary to what everybody believes, right? Just telling you the facts. Okay. And for some reason, he gets brought up to fucking Valhalla and he's there and he's like the gods not whipping boy but like he's got lots of powers where he can turn himself into different stuff and he can do all these things and so the gods just kind of make fun of him and get him to do this whatever crazy stuff they want him to do and they're like yeah get the fuck out of here Loki you suck and he has that we're going to talk about in this show or maybe next week's show Lots of children, and the closest one of those children to being a human-shaped entity is Tigrid, and she's a fucking corpse. <laughs> what the fuck? The other children of Loki are Fenrir the wolf. Okay. Okay. Yokelmorder. I think it's Yokelmorder. I can't remember that name very well, but we'll get to it later. Who is the giant snake that wraps itself around the whole of the universe. What the fuck? And Slepner, the six-legged horse. And here's the part of the story that's awesome. It er, sounds no. like you're just making yeah. stuff up. Loki is not the father of Slepner, the six-legged horse. He is the mother of Slepner, <laughs> the six-legged horse. Because the North gods were all sitting around one day and they saw this horse. And they were like, that's a fucking nice horse. What should we do with it? They don't. Hey, Loki, come over here. Loki comes over. Loki, you got to turn yourself into a female horse and have sex with that horse. What the fuck? So Loki's like, I guess I have to. I guess so, yeah. So he goes and fucking does that, and then he gives birth to a six-legged horse. They can, like, fly, and it's Odin's horse. It's got six legs, and it's all magical and shit. Wow. So it's like, wow. <laughs> the fuck you know what like I mean? Like, if you ever wondered if they had acid back in the 500s, yes. Yeah, what the fuck? Right? Like, what the fuck were they thinking? Fuck me. Valky God of Lies, the card, though. Very cool. He's a 2-1 for black one god. Whenever it enters the battlefield, each opponent reveals their hand. For each opponent, exile a creature card they revealed this way until Valky leaves the battlefield. Then he has X. Choose a creature card exiled with Valky with converted mana cost of X. Valky becomes a copy of that card. Okay, so he's like a trickster god. He's fucking ch- changing who he is and shit. Just yeah. like, okay. You you can see based on the story I just told you, he's turning into a horse. He's like doing it with snakes. He's having fucking wolves as children. Yep. He, he changes shapes. He's a shapeshifter. Very cool. Okay. The backside isn't any of those things. It's actually... Fucking Tybalt, cosmic <laughs> imposter. What the hell? Oh man, this has got acid today too. <laughs> oh man, so Tybalt's back. They're finally pushing him. They're saying, "Yeah, Tybalt isn't a joke. He's actually good." And he's a- well, they put him on a trickster fucking card. He is still a joke. That's the funny. <laughs> that's the that's the ultimate fucking comedy. That's the cosmic joke. Yes, he is a five loyalty planeswalker for red black five. Oi! When he comes into play, you get an emblem. That says, you can play cards exiled with Tybalt Cosmic Trickster, and you may spend mana as though it were any color to cast those spells. Very cool. And then he's got plus two, exile the top card of each player's library. That's, minus- like, that's like draw three cards. 
four because you get yours too. Oh yeah, fuck. Okay, that's good. Minus three exile target artifact or creature. Get rid of the thing that's going to kill your Tybalt. That's and, the, uh, or steal a thing. Or steal a thing. Yep. Minus eight exile all cards from all graveyards and add red, red, red to your mana pool. Mother ass. Whoa. That card's got some power. That is a strong ass card. That's yes. why that card costs fucking seven. That card is running on some VP racing fuel. That is some fucking serious shit. Yeah. That's a good one. That is a solid card. And we were talking earlier, if you are cascading and you cascade into Valky, God of Lies at two, you can instead opt to play the seven mana planeswalker on the other side. Yeah. Which, just... controversial ruling... But that's where we're at right now. I bet you that rule is going to be watched very carefully. Kind of like the split card rule was, where you cascaded into a little one, you could cast the big one. Remember, like, boom, bust and shit, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then they changed it that the CMC, when the card is not on the stack, was the combined CMC of both cards on the face, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't want to say I bet you it's going to happen such that you have to cascade into... Like, if you cast a three drop, you can only cascade into Valky, God of Lies. Or if you cast an eight drop, you can cascade into either Tybalt or Valky. But that's the interpretation, I think, that people were expecting. Then when the rule came out, it wasn't that. Yeah. And when we look at some of the formats that can play cards that have cascade in them as decks... Ooh, baby, no. getting an eight drop for fucking three mana. It's pretty good. Uh, pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Let's go to the next guy, though. This is our first instance of an ability called Boast. Varagoth Blood Sky Sire. Oh, dude, have you seen, and this is probably going to be another future YouTube video where we can actually show the cards off once we have them in our hand, mm -hmm. quality type thing like we did for Commander Legends. Have you seen this guy done by Ian Miller, one of my favorite magic artists, on his showcase, like, Kaldheim frame card? It is fucking badass. I think we've talked about it before, yeah, yeah. but I, I don't know, it's... I think we've talked with this before too. The showcases for this set are awesome. Yep. But they don't hit me super hard. Like, oh, I, I want these so bad. So okay. I don't have like a, I haven't cataloged them all in my brain except for that Vorinclex because I'm pretty sure he's eating a baby. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Joe will have it up on the screen for the YouTube people. And we're going to do another review on the showcase stuff as, as we have done in the past because we're always big fans of the showcase stuff as commander players. Absolutely. So let's give this guy a read. He is a. 2-3 Death Touch Demon Rogue for Black 2, and he has Boast, uh, has Boast Black 1, and target player searches their library for a card, then shuffles their library, puts that card on top of it, so he vamp tutors, and Boast is activate this ability only if this creature attacked this turn and only once. Yes, it's kind of like Raid. It only happens if you attack, but he's got death touch, so you're going to fucking want to attack with him. Give him first strike and you're laughing, and you you boast your agent of, no, not agent of treachery, the, the fucking one that doesn't let your opponent search from Commander Legends. It's opposition agent. Opposition agent. You boast your opposition agent to the top of your deck and draw it, then you just opposition agent fucking search your opponent's library with this guy the rest of the game. Oh. oh, fuck, that sounds miserable, hey? That is the most miserable shit I think I've ever heard. Yeah, opposite of miserable is our next guy, fucking Arnie Broken Brow. <laughs> Man, I can already see the Terminator Cracked Skull Alters. They're, get them get well, get them before they're too popular. There it is. He's a 3-3 three, three for red, 3 legendary creature. Human Berserker looks like a dwarf to me. He has haste and boast 
one. One colorless mana to boast this guy. And it's, you may change his base power to one, plus the greatest power among other creatures that you control in Flint of Turn. Ah, sure. So he's there more for the altar memes. He's fine. I think he's a dud rare, honestly. I th- I think so as well. He's got like that horn stuck in his head or whatever. You notice that? You like yeah. how they're they're getting berserker and rogue and shit just randomly in there, hey? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody's got two like a type and a class or a class and a race or whatever, but they're getting rogue in there when they can and shit for for party and stuff, right? I'm That's, happy to see Rogue actually come in because I, I like Rogues. They yeah, cool. I think I and 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 the D and Dness right and the party mechanic and all that. It's it's all coming it, together. It's all real. Speaking of all coming together, uh oh. If you guessed Bergy God of Storytelling, you are entered in to win our pack that we boasted about. See what Duh, I did there? Oh yeah. On the pre-show yesterday, this was the commander who is taking a big old deuce on a big fire pit. And she's facing the wrong way to warm her hands yeah, up. Because she's looking like she's going to warm her hands, but the fire's behind her. What an idiot! I think she's pantomiming a story. She's, I think she's, she's being extravagant. I think she sucks. It's not, I think she sucks at warming her hands up. Uh, maybe she's boasting. Give her a read. She is a 3-3 for red 2. It's like we just talked about one of those. God, whenever you cast a spell, add red. Until, <laughs> until end of turn, you don't lose mana as steps and phases end. And creatures you control can boast twice rather than once. Okay, who gives a shit about that? Yeah, who gives a fucking, fucking shit? You're going to cast a spell, you're going to get a red just for casting a spell. Titty ass. Hey, what, what the, the hell? fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so this is, this is, and this is only the front half of the card. Never mind the back half. Yeah, we haven't even read the other side of the card yet. Dude, yeah, fuck, do we need to? <laughs> this card, wowzers. You just cast your one drops and your zero drops and your, your shit that draws you cards and your cantrips and... Wow, they're, and they're they're fucking free. They're free, or, or they they net you mana. This this will go straight into decks like, of course it'll go into Zada because Zada just wants to cantrip and and ritual the whole deck. It'll go into things like Goto Bandit Warlord, where you're casting a bunch of like control pieces, like control artifacts and and fast mana and zero drop mana rocks, just to net mana so you can go to a helm faster. Like this, it'll go into Kaikar, Elsha of the Infinite. This card is ludicrous. This is nuts. This is this is one of those things where it's like, are you sure they were thinking lots about Commander? Are you sure? Hundred percent, they were. Every single every single set is one hundred percent Commander focused, and other formats that the cards are good in is just supplemental at this point. All right. The other se- the other half of this is the Harnfell Horn of Bounty or Horn of Booty. Yeah. <laughs> Which is an artifact for red four. Discard a card, exile the top two cards of your library. You can play them this turn. That is five mana for that. And then it's Tormenting Voice, right? Then it's discard one, draw two. Yeah, but you can't chain it infinite because you're actually exiling them, right? Yes. Eventually, your hand will be empty unless the cards that you're exiling draw you cards, draw you fucking cards, and you know what? They will mm-hmm. <laughs> because that's the deck. <laughs> <laughs> also, the flavor text on that, like her well of stories, Birgi's horn never runs dry, so she has an endless horn and a wet well. I want to say that Wizards put that in flavor text on a card and refused to give us a preview card for three years because we were too lowbrow. Can you imagine if this was our preview card? Our brows would have been like 
in China. They would have gone so low. <laughs> we blinked and our entire feet disappeared because our brows went yeah. so low with that blink. It's like when you try and take a panorama picture of your cat while it's walking and you either have no cat or your cat looks like a snake. Exactly. <laughs> How about Magda Brazen Outlaw? Do we... Uh, dwarf Tribal. It's it's coming a thing. Dwarf Tribal, Berserker Tribal. This has both creature types. Uh, treasure is back. This is a treasure card. It's a two one. It's a two drop commander. That's important. Yeah, that yeah. is important. You always have something to do on two. And if you fill your deck with ones and threes, it's perfect on curve. And I love two drop commanders because they have like th- th- that scenario I just said, and they just have like really minor abilities that you really have to build around. I find. So I love it. I love fucking treasures. I love two drop commanders. It's gooder. So it's other dwarves you control get plus one plus zero. Oh. Whenever a dwarf you control becomes tapped, create a treasure token and sacrifice five treasures. Search your library for an artifact or dragon. Put it on top onto the battlefield. Then shuffle your library. She is actually a thing that's based on something. Dwarves in North mythology are just kind of there. Yeah. They, they're the ones that build all the stuff. They're the ones that make all the the hammers and the spears and shit. They evolved from maggots. No. Yeah. In is North, that real? In Norse Did mythology. your PhD friend tell you that? Mm-hmm. Wow. Dwarves evolved from maggots. Right here. It says it right. There's the line right there. Yep. On my paper. And we're going to talk about the dragon, I think, next. Like the dragon that she's riding on. In the story, there's a dwarf that actually turns into a dragon. Oh. And he, she's there to like protect Odin's treasures. And we'll get into that story when we talk about the cards next week. But actually kind of a neat callback it's a it's a bit of a switch but it's cool that, that that's there also going straight into brutaclad i was gonna ask because it's like a dwarf thing right yeah it'll turn it'll turn my dwarves into tokens that will then turn into more dwarves yep hell yeah oh yeah because it's treasures you attack and you get treasures and then they all turn into seven dwarves that's right and with the ones that that turned into seven dwarves you can tap them to go get an artifact from your library which could be Something that makes even more seven dwarves. Yes, Ooh. fuck that is a that's a good pickup. I was gonna ask you that, but I didn't I didn't make the connection with that middle ability. Just the first and the third. It's a solid one. Fucking two drop commander got three abilities. Forget everything that I said about them being powered down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's talk about the card that had me just. This card gave me nightmares. This is the opposite of Jones and. It gave me wet dreams than nightmares again, <laughs> and. Like, I have flip-flopped more on this card than any other card in the history of Magic the Gathering. Okay, let me let me give it a read. This it, is Toralf, God of Fury. A 5-4 God for Red Red 2, Tramsky. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're good so far. 5 power, Tramsky for 4. Whenever a creature or planeswalker an opponent controls is dealt excess non-combat damage, Toralf deals damage equal to the excess to any target other than that permanent. That's the front half. Yeah, and that's the the back half. Is, let's read the back half. Okay, I'll give it a quick read. A quick creature gets um, red one tap unattached Trolf's hammer. It deals three damage to target fucking thing. Who cares? Equip yeah. plus three. Okay, fine. The front half. The front half is what we care about. Let's pretend I earthquake for ten. Oh, yeah, that's the dream. And you have a one one and nothing else. Yeah. Okay, you take ten. Your one one would normally take ten. Mm-hmm. But instead, your 1-1 one, one takes fucking 1, and then you take 9 more. So yeah. my Earthquake for 10 ends up being an Earthquake for 19, and your guy's dead. Yeah. And uh, Taralf would also be dead, but we could make him indestructible. It's fine. Yes. 
that's why you like this card. Oh, yeah. It it's, makes... it's sort of like a damage doubler in your command zone. This is the burn commander in commander because there's so many things that burn out a creature for like fucking 10. More so than, more so than like, um, what's his name? Torbran? Yes. Yes. Okay. I, th I would argue that he's better than Torbrand in EDH because of the situation that you just said. If you yep. Earthquake for 10 and there's just a bunch of creatures, you just win. Oh, man. Can you imagine if you had 10 one ones and they all take one and then, yeah. you, then you take 90 more? If one player has nine one ones, you can kill everybody with that damage. Because you don't have to oh, hit the creature's control. You hit anything. Yeah, other than that permanent. Fuck, you want to meet God? You can use that damage to chain up the chain to kill all the other creatures that your Earthquake didn't get and still do damage to another player. Oh, this card is dude. insane. It, and like, You can do like all of the Earthquakes that don't hit players. You can play those now and they hit players. All of those really big burn spells that do five oh, and like, six. Like, like Magma Quake. Yeah. And, uh, Magma um, Quake is the best example of it. Hour of Devastation. Those get Planeswalkers and Creatures. Star of Extinction. Star of Extinction. This card is Blasphemous act. Right? Yeah. Like, you want to win fucking games with Burn, Toralf, God of Fury is the best. Okay. So why, now I, I'm, I've, I've got a Toralf-sized fucking eggplant yeah. making the back of my pants tight. I'm so rock hard right now. Pulling, How, it's pulling the front of my pants so tight my butt cheeks are ripping apart. The nation is saying, Brando, why do you hate this card? Because it's goddamn anti-brash taunter <laughs> tech. <laughs> What is this? <laughs> Every deck that people play, uh, like against Brando on VEDH, is going to have like 10 Toralf sideboard. Right? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Now I can't just win with my Brash Taunter because Toralf is going to kill me faster than it's going to kill you. So Brash Taunter would take 50, let's say, from fighting somebody's big ass 50 50. And then they just 49 me and I die. If you have a Toralf, I can't Brash Taunter you anymore, and it's horse shit. Uh, if they have a Brash Taunter. No, if I have a Brash Taunter. Well, whenever a creature or Planeswalker and opponent controls is dealt excess combat damage. You see, they have the Terralf and I have the Brash Taunter. Oh, right? okay, yeah. Because yeah. I don't, like, go ahead, play Terralf. It's it's fine. If I'm playing Terralf and I have a Brash Taunter, I'm playing Earthquake Tribal. You guys are all dead. <laughs> <laughs> but if I'm playing a Brash Taunter and you have a Terralf, now I can't play Earthquake Tribal. Could you just play Earthquake Tribal and then all the creatures that die, you just redirect all the damage to Brash Taunter and just fucking Brash Taunter everybody, even <laughs> though you're playing Terralf? <laughs> Yes. Yes. Yes, you could. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And that's why I'm just flip-flopping. It's like, do I love this card? Do I hate this card? And I haven't decided yet. You know what? You have, you love this card. You love this card, A, because we always focus and exemplify and magnify the positive. Truth. In CCO Nation. That's why it's so fucking great to be here. All right. I love this card. Okay. You love this card. Looking at just out in the wild... The statistics, the probability of running into it when there's like thousands of other commanders and tens and 20,000 other cards that people could play, the probability that you run into this card in the wild is low. If this is in your 99, the probability of running into it for you goes up. And if it's in your command zone, the probability of you casting this card goes up to multiple times per game. Yeah. So this card is a card that you can get behind. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Do I build it? I think I want to build it. If you have, if you exist in a meta where stealing or copying commanders, stealing dot deck, you know, like oh. the clone dot deck, the steal shit. If Wait. that deck is rampant, or if multiple people have that deck in your meta, this the value of Toralf for you as a burn deck goes down. 
because all of a sudden your burn's not working so good. Dude, you just totally just... All of the situations in which I'd run into Tarelf, fuck, I'm going to be the one playing Tarelf, and I'm the one that plays the clone decks in the meta. I have nothing to worry about. I, I just, we, we amplified the positive. And he's Thor. He's th- <laughs> yeah, Just so you know, this says it right here on the paper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the hammer on the back is, what is it, Mjolnir? Mjolnir? Oh, Interesting Thor fact, real fast before we move on to the next card. Thor can't actually fly. He just throws the hammer really, really hard but and then doesn't holds on to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite Thor thing. Oh, fucking sweet. He just fucking holds on to it and doesn't let go. <laughs> <laughs> on to the green. On to green. And we've been accused in the past of skipping over green G- quicker than the other colors. Are we going to follow suit, continue our trend? Well, we'll have to see who's printed in, in green. Because our first one is the, I'm going to call, I'm just going to say it, the generic five color good stuff commander. Obviously, the godmander commander in. Essica, God of the Tree. Yeah, okay. Vigilance, God, Green, 1, 4, Vig. Did I say that already? You did. Okay. Tap to add one mana of any color. Sure. It's already fucking good. It's a three-drop mana rock. It sucks. It's unplayable already. But you can block with it and still use it for mana. Ooh. Yeah. You can attack block and use it for mana. Also, other legendary creature control have fucking tap to add any. So it's Cryptolith, right? And Vig. Ugh. It's Cryptovid. Cryptovid. Vi- oh. vi- Vigilith right? Did I get there? <laughs> Cryptovag right. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Do not Google. There it is. Okay, the backside is the prismatic bridge. This is the the bridge between worlds? It's the rainbow bridge from oh, Asgard fuck. to- It's like a where... fucking Mario Kart. Yes, it's, okay. rain- it's Rainbow Road gu- guarded by Heimdall. This is the road that you would take from the Earth realm to the realm of the gods. Oh, neat. Okay, fuck. Okay. Just wait. We've got another altar uh, suggestion for anybody out there. Yes, I will paint Rainbow Road on this card. <laughs> oh, dude. Yes, I will. Give it a read. Prismatic Bridge is a legendary enchantment for Wooberg. At the beginning of your upkeep, reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a creature or planeswalker. Put that card onto the battlefield and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. This reads an awful lot like Maelstrom Nexus. Yes. It's an enchantment for Wooberg, and it gives you sort of, kind of, a Cascade-type thing. Yes. Okay. So it's it's cool. You play it in your same decks that play Maelstrom Nexus. You play it in your Wooberg Cascade decks. You play it in your God Tribal, obviously. Yes. Like, I'd, I'd probably put one of these in, like, more... Corona of the False God. Or Corona of the False God. It'd be real good, yeah, too. Yeah, because you just get your fucking gods. Yeah. Even though I don't play a bunch of gods in there. So. Ah, you're the only person that doesn't, though. Truth. Yeah, go look at the fucking EDH rec page. <laughs> Just real quick, so I don't forget about it next week, I want to mention it here. Asika's Chariot, it's a legendary artifact vehicle. You can't use it as a commander because it's not actually a creature. You have to crew it for four. You get a couple cat tokens. It's going to go into Calamax, I think. And I really like the cats in that in those pictures. Yeah, they're those like are, those big fluffy looking yeah, ones. They're eh? just they're really nicely drawn, which is just I like that. I like those cats. Yeah. How about Finn the Fang Bear? Altar of the day? Maybe maybe turn that chariot into a fucking cardboard box? Shit, yeah. yeah. Oh, not feel... even change the cats. Just like instead of a chariot, it's a little cat poking out of a cardboard box. There it is, people. That one is for free. Dude, those will those will be right up there with the FU cancels and <laughs> FU brash taunters. I shit you not, dude. Okay. Finn the Fang Bear. 
Infect is back, but not really because it's poisonous. So you can hit somebody for 10, but they only get two poison counters, right? Is that how this card works? That is how this card works. Death touch, one, three for two. Again, two drop commander. I like it. So on turn three, you're given poison. You can proliferate it. Poisonous counters give you poison counters like Infect does. So right. yeah, this is a new mono green type of Infect strategy is I think base level what we're going to see out of this guy. Yes. It basically gives your creatures with death touch poisonous too. Yep. I think secondary, we're going to see snake tribal, but we are only in mono green where snakes have like some roots in black too, right? Yeah. They have really cool abilities, but not necessarily death touch, but it's it's cool. I think this card maybe would have been better served if it was black, but then maybe it would be too good because there's lots of death touch in black. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I say snake tribal because most death touch green cards are snakes. Right? Yeah. Well, there's there's at least a good amount of them. There's there's a fair number of them. All right, so that's baseline. I don't know if we need to go very much deeper than that because that's, honestly, like I don't know if this guy's going to be It's death touch that, trouble. That popular outside yeah. of what we just outlined. Moving I've, on. Agreed. We have Yorn, God of Winter, who is a dude. He's Euler. Woo. U L L R. Okay. Winter God of Games and Archery. Neat. Yeah, he's this is the god of games. Skiing and all the fun things you like to do in the snow, that, that, this is him. Oh, fuck. I super like that. Just, yeah, just kind of fun. And if you've ever been to a winter festival in like Western, Northern Canada, I'll say, like, oh, fuck, fuck it. Canada everywhere. We are the land of the North. Yeah. The Great White, that is. Yeah. Winter games. There's like fire making, trapping, hunting, igloo making. Like, yeah. It's it, a thing. It's fun. And then there's always like food and bannock and jerky, like, Oh yeah, there's all kinds of shit and skiing and hiking and yeah, this is this is fucking Canada incarnate, and we'll we'll go into a little bit of my feelings on the flavor of the set and the art direction next week in our review proper because newsflash, I I really like it. Cool, Yorn God of Winter is a three three for green two. Whenever it attacks, untap each snow permanent you control. Not irrelevant. On the other side, he turns into Cauldring the Rhyme Staff, which is a legendary snow artifact for. Blue, black, one, tap. You may play target snow permanent card from your graveyard this turn. If you do, it comes into play tapped. Oh, dang. This is Saltai in total. Sort of Seedborn Muse. Kind of. Ish. Yeah, he's going to be he's gonna be fine to attack because you got removal and you can juice him from fucking green or give him death touch or something, right? Yep. And the back of him is like Muldrotha 2.0, right? Sort of. He's a shitty Muldrotha. Yeah, in the, in the 99, he's like the back half of him to to reanimate stuff. And if you could make both your... halves of them happen, oh, baby. Yeah, and you could because you're playing blue. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. Yeah, fuck. I, I, I like him more so than for for power level reasons for what you actually just told me about being the god of winter games. That's so fucking cool. Yeah. That is the coolest card so far. <laughs> How about Colvori, god of kinship? Ooh, okay. This is two for god for Green, green, two. As long as you control three or more legendary creature, it gets plus four, plus two. So it's a six, six with vigilance. If you control a bunch more legendaries. Yes, yeah, so a legendary tribal. Okay, this is fine. Not that that's ever existed in green. Yeah. Green one, tap. Look at the top six cards of your library and you may reveal a legendary creature from among them. Put it into your hand. And then the rest, blah, 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 bottom. Who cares? The backside is the Reinhardt Crest. 
and it's a legendary artifact. Comes into the battlefield, choose a creature type, and you add a green. Spend this mana only to cast creatures of the chosen type. That is such a shitty other side. Why did they even bother? Because the front half is so important in legendary tribal decks. So why did they even? Why did they make this a modal double faced card? Why would you ever play that? I would laugh at you if you ever played that spell. <laughs> I would make it a point to would, not destroy it, so that you would have to sit there without access feel, to your commander, and you just had this shitty mana rock. I would feel bad if somebody needed to play that. Like, I, would, I would commiserate with them. I would pour one out because <laughs> they would be so fucking mana screwed. I'd be typing F in the comments if you ever have to resolve that particular spell. That is terrible. Yeah. The front half is pretty dang good, though. And the front, I don't know. It, is she just shitty Recky? Yeah, I think so. Recky's better because you're just playing legendary creatures and drawing cards and you can rip through your deck real quick. Never mind if you have like a Guardian Project or Guardian Project. Is that the one? Yep. Or glimpse of nature active online and you start wrecking right maybe with a great hand shown you know yeah. what i mean yeah man right like she's doing wrecky stuff but at a little bit of a let's call it a f more fair clip sure or she's going to generate you like card advantage over a longer period not as bursty as wrecky if you have like a seedborn muse to activate her to look at the top six each turn sure she kind of turns into a tutor in the command zone if you have a seedborn muse or equivalent sure that's 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 all right i guess uh, I, and she goes in the recce deck for sure yeah and she's but. she's being compared a lot to Rick, ricky recce in what i've listened to and what i've read i think that the decks though are a little bit different from what I said, her being maybe more akin to a tutor if you're stuffing in a bunch of the untapped type stuff. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Now, Toski Bearer of Secrets. Is this the Biobox promo? I, I have no I idea. This care. is the legendary squirrel. It's important to the people who like squirrels, of right. which we know that there's lots. There was a whole secret layer on it last year. It's a 1-1 one, one for 4. It can't be countered. It's indestructible. It attacks each combat if able, and you don't care because it's indestructible. Yep. And whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. So it's like it gives everybody Ophidian. Yeah, but like everybody, yep. not just it. Yeah. And that's so, important. So this is, I'm going to butcher this one too, Ratatosk. Ratatosk. That sounds like a Pokemon. It sure does. Ratatate is a and, rat and, Pokemon. And, and this looks like... A Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's a that's an actual mythological squirrel okay. that lives in the world tree. And he's how the gods kind of send messages back and forth and like get news. For, like Odin has his two ravens that can fly around and get news from the other realms. But for everybody else, there's Ratatosk. Because it just runs up and down the trees and just tells people shit. He's a courier. Yeah, there's, that, there's, would, that would be drawing a card. Oh, yeah, the, the flavor on this card is actually really cool. It's good. I was also surprised to learn that there was a legendary squirrel in the stories. Also, I was surprised to learn that there was that fucking chicken we talked Dude, about earlier that I, doesn't have a card. Henceforth, I will never be surprised ever again. After <laughs> <laughs> Loki, somebody's mom and dad. Yeah. Okay, our next guy, and this is a banger. Tyver Kell. This is our first P-dubs. Second P-dubs. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah, because yeah, Loki. Yeah, Loki was there. And he is a three-loyalty planeswalker for green-green two. Elves you control have Lanmar Elf. That's his static ability. Elves you control have... Oh, shit. That's, You're right. That's that's like Urborg Elf. No, that's Elves of Deep Shadow, but you don't lose a life. Elves of Deep Butthole. There Correct. it is. 
plus one, put a plus one plus one counter on up to one target elf, untap it, it gains death touch. You fucking untap it! Of course you, you do. You untap your priest of Titania, and you just make like ten more mana. Of course you do. Yeah, you fucking Gaia's who? Cradle what? <laughs> <laughs> Zero. Create a 1-1 one, one green elf for your creature token. Which is actually just make mana. Correct. Minus six, you get an emblem with whenever you cast an elf, it gains haste until end of turn. And, and, and you draw two cards. What in the actual? Okay, so doubling season. Tyvar Kel. Emblem immediately. Start casting elves, draw your whole deck. Fuck that. Vorinclex. Tyvar Kel. Whoa, same deck, same set, you, right next to each other. You could hypothetically open these, I think, in, in the, the same, same pack. pack. <laughs> Holy fuck, can you imagine? Sick. That well, is crazy. Tyvar Kel, he's going right into that Golgari elf deck that they're pushing, which yep. is great. I'm going to put him in Gakball. It's going to be great. Vorny, I think I might switch out doubling season in my deck, my one deck that plays it. I might put Vorinclex into it. Why? Well, Do you not create creature tokens in that deck? I don't. It's my okay. Averna Planeswalker Cascade deck. Oh, yeah. Then, I don't yeah. care about plus one counters. I don't care about creature tokens. Yeah. I do care about Planeswalker counters. And if you're careful in reading Vornclex, you'll see that something is particularly different than Doubling Season. Give them a read. Vornclex Monstrous Raider is a 6-6 six, six, Trample Haste for six. Holy shit. So it's already good. It's already a tremendously powerful creature, but there's more. If you would put one or more counters on a permanent or player, put twice that many of each of those kinds of counters on that permanent or player instead. And as if that wasn't enough, there is more, which is why this is the only super inflated pre-order card in the set so far. If an opponent would put one or more counters on a permanent or player, that player puts half that many of each of those kinds of counters on instead. So doubling season for you, go fuck yourself for everybody else. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so doubling season, the actual wording, if an effect would create one or more tokens under your control, it creates twice that many. If an effect would put one or more counters on a permanent you control, it puts twice that many of those counters instead. So planeswalkers enter the battlefield with twice as many counters because you're putting counters on the planeswalker as a result of like what their loyalty is. Right. Vorney says, if you would put one or more counters on something, that means when you activate a loyalty ability, you, you get twice as many counters where with doubling season if you activate a loyalty ability you don't because that's a cost right so vornclex just says fuck it double the loyalty counters when you activate and that's important not only when they enter the battlefield because they get doubled but also when you activate and in a planeswalker super friends deck this card other than being a creature and being easier to destroy than an enchantment and costing more mana this by, card is better than doubling season. By one. It costs more by, by one. And, and you, it's in your command zone. And you get a 6-6 six, six trampler. Yes. Even if it's not in your command zone, like in green, creatures are easier to find with tutors and like tutoring a doubling season or a Vorinclex in decks that include more colors than just green. It's just as easy to find. And for one more mana, I'll take a 6-6 six, six trampler. That fucks you yeah, any it, day of the week. Because just think about that. When you play a Planeswalker double counters, when you activate a Planeswalker double counters, when 
your opponent plays a Planeswalker, it comes into play with half loyalty, and when they activate it to tick it up, it may or may not actually get counters on it because it says round down. Oh my lord! So oh. your opponent's plus one abilities and all their Planeswalkers result in zero loyalty. They still get to activate it. They still get the ability, but, but they, they don't, don't get, get a counter. Loyalty. Vorinclex is a house, and if you open one, just hang on to it. He is going to eat dead babies in people's decks all the live long day. That's what he's there for. Moving on. Man, oh man. I hope that we did green justice this time. I hope we did green justice, and you can get him in that sick Phyrexian art treatment. I hope that I don't, because I've decided I don't like cards I can't read. Oh, yeah. Gotta be able to read them. Yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. And it does look cool. It'd be cool trade fodder and foil. Truth. And it would be even way cooler if they did the showcase border with the fucking Phyrexian text, eh? That'd be neat. That is an altar that I will do, and I have the exact <laughs> text to translate for you if you need. <laughs> All right, next up we have Aegir the Freezing Flame. This is the guy that would go at the front of the giant deck that we did for our preview card, I believe. Yes. He'd be very good in that. Also, he represents Surt, the Fire Giant King in Norse mythology. Oh, we he's talked the... about that on, on the on the little YouTube video we did. And if you watched that, you know that he's the guy that shows up during Ragnarok. He burns down the world tree, fucks everything up. He's he's a maniac. Yeah. Whenever a, a creature or planeswalker an opponent controls is dealt excess damage, there it is again. If a giant wizard or spell you control did the damage that turn, we draw a card. And that deck that we were talking about had a ton of damage doublers in it. Shit, yeah. And we could play, what's his name, the the Thor guy in that same deck. Ooh. That's just another one that would go in there. So when we're dealing that excess damage, we can remove creatures now and then still go to the dome post Creech death and now draw cards. That's a fucking good deck. Yeah, you flame slash their one one, do three to them and draw a card. Neat. That's pretty damn sweet. I like it. Okay, moving on. Firja, Judge of Valor. This would be Freya. We talked about her. That's the after the world realm that you want to go to because you're just drinking beer and having sex all the time. I like it. That would be who this would most likely be. She is a flying life-linking 2-4 angel cleric for black, black, white 2. Whenever you cast your second spell of each turn, you look at the top three cards of your library, put one into your hand, two into your bin. This feels like a Golgari card to me. This feels sort of Golgari, but it's got flying and lifelink, so it's so it's Orzov. You know what I like about it is like everybody who's like, okay, so when we cast two spells, we draw three spells. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because black, it doesn't matter if it's in your hand or your graveyard. Yeah. And white's kind of like that too, because they got lots of reanimated, re reanimation and um, what do we call them? Get her backers. Get her backers. Graveyard yeah. get her backers. Okay. That's a good one. It costs five. It's fine. It's it's not too bad. We're going to see decks with that that just look to do graveyard stuff outside of Golgari. Interest. I forgot to mention this. Interesting thing uh, Freya, Freya, and one other god that doesn't show up anywhere that we could find are actually elves. And in Norse mythology, elves have two of the nine realms that they live in, hmm. but they're not really they're not really that important. They just kind of show up places and times, and they're in the armies too. It's very strange. Oh. Yeah. So okay. make of that what you will, because our next creature is Herald, king of Skemfar. He's an elf warrior with menace, whatever the hell that does. It's a three, two for three. Whenever it enters the battlefield, look at the top five cards of your library, reveal an elf war an elf. Warrior or Tyvar card from among them, put it in your hand, and the rest on the bottom. You're fucking sweet. It's pretty okay. Yeah, it's like draw a card, sort of. It's like shitty goblin ringleader. Yeah, when you're playing elf tribal, and you will be because the Golgari elf, that's the deck, right? Yep. You're going to get an elf. You're going to draw a card that is an elf. You're you're never going to draw land off of this. Yep. 
and bonus points is like, oh, I'm going to reveal that planeswalker and fucking just wreck you. Yeah. So that's cool. It's fine. It is what it is. The next one's kind of like that, too. That's Cardur. Carter? Card. We've Cardur got, Doom Scourge. Yeah, we've got, we've got Harry and Carter, the <laughs> next two cards. Demon Berserker 4-3 for Rakdos and 2. When it enters the battlefield, until your next turn, creatures your opponent's control attack each combat and attack... Not you, if able. So that goads your opponent's creatures, right? Why did it just say goad? Because goad isn't in this set. That's stupid. They don't want to confuse people. We have this. You and I have this conversation every time a new set comes out. And I always say that it's stupid. Yeah. The new players, Brando. The new players. <sighs> Whenever an attacking creature dies, each opponent loses one life and you gain one life. So this is kind of like Rakdos Cats. Aristocrats. cats. There it is. Yeah. Yep. That's fine. It's it's an okay creed. It's it's there. Yeah, whatever whatever aristocrats deck you're playing, if it's mono black, well now it can be black red. And there are red aristocrat type effects like hissing iguana or whatever, or burn or like goblin bombardment. And if you've got black, something else that isn't red, well maybe you can make the switch. Let's continue on. I think it's our is our last planeswalker. No, it's not. Oh, really? So many P dubs. Okay, Kaya the inexorable. Kaya makes a return as a Five loyalty, five mana planeswalker, one of which is black, one of which is white, and she has plus one. Put a ghost form counter on up to one target. Non-token creature, it gains when this creature dies or is put into exile. Return it to its owner's hand and create a 1-1 white spirit creature token with flying. Note that if you are playing against Vorinclex, that ability does nothing. Well, it doesn't give her any counters. doesn't give her counters or the creature. <laughs> <laughs> just just throwing that out there. Minus three exile target non-land permanent. Minus seven. You get an emblem with at the beginning of your upkeep. You may cast a legendary spell from your hand, from your graveyard, or from among cards you own in exile without paying their mana cost. So exile just doesn't matter when you have Kaya. Right. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. I. The exile zone should be revered. I, it's just it's just not. They're exploring the space, and I don't appreciate it. I don't either. I think that this is one of those things where it's like, wizards just, god damn it, just... Let me have my exile and be happy. Yeah. like <laughs> We pay a premium to exile shit. Unless you're casting swords or path. Well, you're paying a premium because your opponent gains life or gets a, oh, a land. Yeah, I you're get ramping you. I get them. You. Or you're, so you're paying a premium to exile something, and if that's all of a sudden irrelevant, what the fuck are you even doing? Yeah, and not saying Kaya, like... Yeah, she breaks it wide open, but... She doesn't make Swords and Path irrelevant. They're still the best two, like, targeted removal spells in the format because they cost one mana. But if they continue to explore that space, maybe they'll push it to a place where the general player base isn't happy or we get to a point where it's like the exile zone doesn't really mean anything other than it's like a zone that you can't get stuff back out of the graveyard from quite as well. Yeah, but you still can get it. It it sucks. Continuing on, we have Cole the Forge Master. I believe this is the Boros attack. This is not. This is the Boros combo you to death on turn two card. <laughs> Whenever another non-token creature you control dies, if it was enchanted or equipped, return it to its owner's hand. Creature tokens you control that are enchanted or equipped get plus one, plus one? Yes. Okay. So you use your skull clamp? You could. So what's well, the... it, it it irrelevance 
it makes Skull Clamp's minus one ability on a one toughness creature irrelevant. <laughs> so Skull Clamp doesn't kill it. But if you have like an equipment that equips for zero and maybe a card that you can cast for zero, like a like a bone saw and a ornithopter, for example. Okay. And you have a goblin bombardment. Okay. You can sacrifice your equipped creature that you cast and equipped for zero. And you can sack it for damage for Goblin Bombardment. Because it was equipped or enchanted, you return it to your hand, rinse and repeat. Oh, okay. And you can do that like on turn two, because Goblin Bombardment costs two. If you had like a mana rock, like you can get Goblin Bombardment turn one, call the Forge Master from your command zone on turn two, and then like Bone Saw and fucking whatever. Right? Yeah. If you have something else that isn't a sacrifice, and you had two creatures in something like Grafted Wargear that equips for zero, but if you unattach it, the creature dies, then you could just have like a die trigger, like an aristocrat thing, or uh, whenever a creature dies that you control, you gain a life, and or enters a battlefield, you gain a life, and you can gain infinite life, and then... And if you don't have all of that right away, you have an Ornithopter and a bone saw. Yeah, that is the downside, and that's that's... Like, generally, that's combo decks, right? Yeah. You fill the rest of the deck with staying power, removal, card draw, right? And and tutors, which in white find you all your equipment. I'm still throwing a man at it. Uh, yeah, I don't... You know what? It's going to be the type of thing that goes into the Boros Equipment Attacky deck. It's going to be, th like, that combo deck that SRAM Senior Edificer is that combo deck. It kind of feels like SRAM, and how often do we see that SRAM Senior Edificer deck that is that deck? Yeah. Right? More often is it, oh, I'm going to play my SRAM deck, and, and you say, oh, is it that SRAM deck? And they say, no, it's not super tuned, but like it can rip through the deck pretty good because like there's lots of low drop equipments. That's going to be this deck too. It's going to be like, oh, yeah, it's, it, it plays Ornithopter and Goblin Bombardment. But it's not like that combo deck. I only have like one tutor to find an equipment, right? I don't have 10 tutors, right? Yeah. That's what it's going to be. Yeah. That's my analysis of it. And and yeah, it's like, yeah, fine. If it's that deck, it's fine. I'm standing by my meh. I'm All right. standing the, by the, it. The next one is a legitimate piece of lore, I think, right? It is. This is your, what I have to say, I'm looking at the word and I still can't say it. Jormungandr. Jormung fucking gander. That's the world serpent. That's one of Loki's children that's wrapped around the whole universe. So I don't want to see the birth canal of the poor lady that had to push this thing out. Coma Cosmos Serpent is a 6-6 six, six for blue, blue, green, green, 3. Can't be countered. At the beginning of each upkeep, you create a 3-3 three, three blue serpent creature token named Kona's Coil. Jesus was so wrapping around the tree, wrapping around the tree, wrapping around the tree, wrapping around the whole earth and squeezing. And it also has sack another serpent, choose one, tap target permanent. It's activated abilities can't be activated this turn or coma gets indestructible. A 6-6 six, six indestructible, no, sorry, a 6-6 six, six can't be countered for seven that gives you three threes every upkeep. It's, it's fine. Mother ass, each upkeep. Each so yeah. you're getting nine power after your initial six every round of the table. Yeah. The first turn you play this, hypothetically, unless it gets removed, it will net you 18 power worth of dudes across five bodies. When you untap. But when you untap. Yeah. Well, I think, well, 
three of those won't be able to attack. So you'll be able to swing in for 15 and have a 3-3 blocker. Yeah, one of those won't be able to attack. Yeah. So uh, still pretty good. And if if something's going down and somebody's trying to kill it, you just sack the one that like couldn't attack or the one that got blocked, and you're like, oh yeah, fuck, it's indestructible. And since you get one every turn, your opponents have to either exile this, or they have to kill it twice every fucking turn. It's not like I'll use a removal spell on it to get rid of the coil. Oh token, yeah, and then you if it kill says it. destroy, they have to destroy it again because the serpent you just sacrifice it. Yeah, that's a powerful card that's got some that's got some oomph to it hey? i could see it as a as like a casual like just beat down commander or you know what my favorite thing about this card is is you not tell. not that it's like a six six oh it's so powerful gotta kill it twice it's fucking simic it's big it's hard it can't be countered you know what it doesn't say on it What's that? it doesn't say gain life on it. it doesn't say when you play a land on it it doesn't say draw a card on it hey yeah shit yeah Cool. There it is. They're exploring a new space there. in Sima. Good on you. And wizard. it's a legendary serpent, so you could serpent tribal that shit up. It goes into mm-hmm. the serpent dot deck, the sea monster deck, maybe if you if you got some serpent sub synergy. That's lots of s's. That's, sorry, that's a lot that's of a lot of s's to listen to if, you're, <laughs> if you don't got good headphones. All right, moving on. Moving on, we got Maja Brett Bretagart Protector. Is it Maya? Or Maja. Maja, Maya. I don't care. Uh, I just don't know when the J is soft and when it's hard. It's a two, three, four, five. Other creatures you control get plus one, plus one. Whenever you play a land, you get a one, one white human warrior creature token. It's a Celestia card. Moving on. That that isn't a Simic card? Oh, yeah. It doesn't say play an extra land every turn. Yeah. Okay. You know what? I like it. It's a... It's a Celes- it goes in your Selesnia token decks yeah. where you're going to get the most mileage out of plus one, plus one. I like it. Yeah, you'll probably have that in the 99 of a Selesnia token deck. Yeah. It is it's it is what it is. How about Morite of the Frost? Oh, I like this guy. Cool picture. Very cool. A zero, zero for five. Oh, shit. Ooh, not so good. <laughs> you know that he's got some fucking upside now. Legendary Creech Shapeshifter. So he's uh, Snow as well. Yeah. That's cool. Shapeshifter. He's got Changeling. Every creature type. So this could be, I could add green to Mistform Ultimus now. Ooh. I could. And I would be enticed to do so because there's so many lords in green and so much mana for elves in green. And this guy could be an elf. Anyways. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. You may have Morite, Morite, of the Frost enter the battlefield as a copy of a permanent you control, except it's legendary and snow in addition to its other types. If it's a creature... It gets two plus one plus one counters and has changeling. Neat. So yeah, you could just make this your five mana elvish arch druid or elvish fucking priest of Titania. Sure. And you're gonna get extra benefits, more elf stuff. You could make it more folk. You could make it allies, wizards, fucking tribal. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm thinking about this for for Mistform Ultimus as well. I don't. Do you want to degenerate Mistform Ultimus to that? Like now he's an elf deck. Now he's a combo. Deck, now yeah, he's not even Mistform Ultimus anymore. That is that is the other side of the coin that I was wrestling with, especially because I have Gakball like Golgari Elf Tribal. How much Elf Tribal do I want to put into Mistform? Yeah. Before it starts to feel similar. It's just the same deck. Whereas that other guy, where like when you target it, you can make copies. 
it's like, okay, I can put some really fucking jank removal in there <laughs> where the foils will cost like eight cents <laughs> and it'll be more unique. So that's that's where I'm leaning. I like it. How about Narfi Betrayer King? Narfi. Oh, like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a cool showcase art too. This is Narfi. He's a legendary creature snow. Legendary snow creature. There it is. There we go. Zombie wizard. 4-3 for black, blue, three. Other snow and zombie creatures you control get plus one, plus one. Man, that's pretty cool already. Okay. You can go snow, snow, snow. Return Narfi King from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped. And snow is any mana produced from a snow permanent. Yes. Yes. Even though it's like... Just regular mana. It's yeah. produced from snow. Yes. I think that is a cool card. That's zombie tribal. There you go. There, to my knowledge, is there any zombie, any demure colored zombie commander that says on it, plus one, plus one for zombies? I think all of the zombie lords are all black. This is the first one that is in the command zone and demure and buffs all zombies. I think... I think I think so. If if you're watching on YouTube, Joel maybe have it on the screen. But if we're right, then we're fucking right. Cool, cool. So no neat. pressure, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now we have. I still don't think I understand this one, but we're gonna we're gonna hit it. Nico Aris is a three loyalty Nico Planeswalker for blue, blue, white X. Okay. So that that sounds like Sphinx's Rev. Yeah. Okay. Let's see if uh, any Sphinx Rev. When Stuff. Nico Aris enters the battlefield, you create X shard tokens. Okay, a shard. Plus one, up to one target creature you control can't be blocked this turn. Whenever that creature deals damage this turn, return it to its owner's hand. Okay. So you can put a creature you control back into your hand. Your own hand. Minus one, Nico Aris deals two damage to target tapped creature for each card you've drawn this turn. Okay. Minus one, create a shard token. Okay, couple things. Okay. Couple things. That first ability seems bad. I want to attack to kill my opponent, but then I got to bounce my creature. Okay. Their second ability is actually I think where you're going to get your damage because you you minus 1 and then you cat you recast all of your ETB cards that say when it enters the battlefield draw a card or draw two cards or draw X cards whatever it is. And then you're going to minus any and, and they deal two da or two damage for like the 20 cards you've drawn this turn. Sure. To a creature. Oh, fuck. To a tapped creature. This card sucks. This, what the fuck? And the, is, do shard tokens do anything? The shard token is pay two, scry one, then draw a card. It's a clue token, except you get to scry first. So it's just a strict upgrade on clue, which I'm not a fan of in this instance. <laughs> yeah, I, I think this, <laughs> this card can... I think this card sucks. This card can eat ass. Moving on, because the next one's badass. This is Fenrir. We talked about him earlier. He is the god that ate Tyr's hand off and kills Odin during Ragnarok, and is Loki's son. But it's actually Serolf, Realm Eater. Is a 3-3 three, three, for green, black, one. Whenever a permanent opponent controls is put into the yard from play, put a plus one, plus one counter on it at the beginning of your upkeep. If Serolf has one or more plus ones on it, you may remove all of them if you do exile each other non-land permanent with converted mana cost less than or equal to the number of counters removed this way. It's kind of got that pernicious deed feel, mm -hmm. right? Or that... Kind of? Or it's kind of got the, the, what's the dragon that does it? 
you pay X and it deals X damage to, or deals damage to all the things that have CMC of X. Steel Hellkite. Steel Hellkite. It kind of has a feel like that, right? And in Golgari plus one dot deck, or Abzan plus one dot deck, you're going to have plus ones just randomly outside of the permanent opponent controls into the graveyard, put a plus one on them ability. Yeah. You're going to have more than that. So you can probably exile every upkeep and get a bunch of shit, right? Yeah. Like you're going to be. I think this guy's kind of a miserable as a commander because he's going to be that just wrath every turn, mm. and then you just swing for three. Yeah, this this to me sounds a little bit more like an in the ninety nine card as a repeatable way to keep the board clear and make way for your guys to attack yeah. in. The art is mega badass. Yeah, though. very cool. cool. And again, I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna wax a little bit on the art and art direction next week on the set review proper where we see more of the cards that showcase the landscape. Let me hit you with this set's community-created card. Are you serious? Of course I am. I'm always serious. <laughs> okay. I've, I'm, I never joke. Unbeknownst to everybody, I assume... Wizards actually reached out to one of our fellow oh, content I creators. I see what you're doing. And they said to him, Dana, we want you to help us design a card. Yep. We want you to just help us design a card that really exemplifies one of your most favorite commander staples. And I assume, I can only assume, based on how awesome this card is and what yep. it does, Dana 100%. Roach then went to him and said, I want Svela the Ice Shaper. 100%. A 2-4 troll warrior. Troll. Troll. Okay. 2-4 <laughs> troll for Gruel and 1. You could pay 3 and tap to create a colorless snow artifact named Icy Mother Ass Manolith. <laughs> With tap to add 1 mana of any color. Cool. Now, if that's not enough, you can go green, red, 6. Oh. Because, you know... Pay an eight. With all them manoliths, you're going to have that much mana. Definitely. Tap. Look at the top four cards of your library, and you can you can cast a spell from among them without paying its mana cost, because you're not going to have any fucking mana left over. <laughs> <laughs> and then put the rest on the bottom. Wow. I think I think the most Dana Roach part about this card, after the fact that it says manolith directly on the card, yes. is that he'll build the deck because nobody fucking else is going to. <laughs> <laughs> and he's hipster as fuck. <laughs> oh, man, that is great. Oh, that is. That's and the, great. the final legendary card of the, the whole set, except for the ones that we're going to get to in some YouTube content later on, is Vega the Watcher. Next alter idea. Vega from Street, Street Fighter. Fighter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, there's, there's so much material to go on. Chef's Kiss. This card is actually good, too. This is a good-ass one. This is a 2-2 two -two legendary creature bird spirit flyer for white, blue, one. Whenever you cast your spell, whenever you cast a spell from anywhere other than your hand, draw a card. And you know I like those ones, right? Yes. You know I like the Savine's Reclamation. If you, like, you cut... You get you get a copy of it. No, sorry, Savine the Chronoclast. Yeah. Cast a spell from your graveyard, you copy it. The guy that draws you cards when you cast shit from your graveyard. Yeah, you're playing your flashback stuff. Yeah, yeah. This goes right into that that deck, and I, I think I might build that deck again. Neat. Yeah, I like just the flashback and then get some get some Jeskai stuff going on. I'm glad that we ended with that uh, Dana Roach special. We are running long on time today, Ryan. <laughs> 
So we are going to say thank you to FusionGamingOnline.com. They are your source for all your gaming needs. If any of these cards have sparked your interest, remember to check out their website. Use special CCO promo code CCOFUSION5 to get 5% off all your single orders. Pick up your pick up your Narfis, Betrayer Kings. Don't pick up your Nico Eris. The card of the week, Svela Ice Shaper. Pick them up so Dana Roach can't. Yes, I'm into that entirely. That's a great notion to end the show with. So we will sign off for this week, and we're going to see you next week for the set review proper on another very exciting episode of Commander Cookout Podcast. Hit our theme song! <laughs>